Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Shelters by Jesus Radio. I am Seth. I'm here with my co-host, Al. Al Teeman. Yep. Nice to be here. Good to see you, sir. I'm really excited about today because this is the third part of what we've been talking about, about protecting your brain. Yes, and so today I'm really excited because in this episode you're going to get some a recipe, I believe. There's going to be some scripture here. I'm going to encourage our listeners to get out a pen and a piece of paper and take some notes for this one because they're going to be ones you don't want to miss. Amen. Well, here we go. Uh, session number three. You know, Seth, we could continue on this for a long time. Don't you agree? Uh, there's a long time. Yeah, we've tried to uh, give our listeners introduction to kind of God's heart and the, how we're wonderfully made and our brain and uh, how it's really our identity and part of our, our makeup, our soul. And that, But sometimes it gets hurt. We definitely, as a matter of review, talk that we're not doctors. We certainly highly recommend that if you're able to and the resources are there to get professional help if you feel like you need it uh, physically and uh, Seth and I talked off air a little bit that both of us have received counseling that is and there's, it's a humbling thing for sure but yet there's, there's a place for that we tended to focus a little bit more on the spiritual side of our brain and the makeup and, and how that God can help heal that too and we can protect it and uh, so we're going to continue in that discussion. Yeah, one of the things I'd like to point out about God, Al, is he's not just a uh, do not God. He's a do this instead God. Yes, that's right. And that's what I love about that, Al, is because he's not just telling us don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. He's saying don't do these things. Instead, do this, do this, do this, do this. So he's giving us a recipe for success. He's not just saying don't do those things, and if you do, you're in trouble. He sets his children up for success. When you love your neighbor and you do unto others, I've heard Chuck Swindoll said, he's one of my favorite preachers. I listen to him on the radio too. But uh, he said like a cure for ingrown eyeballs is to do something for other people. And we actually see that at the shelter too. The people begin to say, they're just giving. They don't have a lot to give, but they do begin to give. And then we encourage them to get involved. Lots to do here. And there's always jobs to be done here. Well, you know, and, and what that does too, Al, is it starts to encourage people to understand that love is not just a word. It is an action. DC Talk has a song called Love is a Verb. <laughs> and it's true. You know, how many people have been hurt by the misuse of the word love? I love you, but then I don't treat you like I love you. So Jesus says, love is action, right? And so we see people here, and they come here mistrusting people when they say, I love you. But then they start to discover, Al, that love is action. So I have a lot to give, and I can give through my actions. People have been through some tough times, and, you know, having gone through those tough times, there are some real survivors here, too, and they've learned stuff, and that then, uh, difficult as they may be, can become godly wisdom then if you allow God in, and so then they, in a sense, can be like, do some mini-counseling. They've been there, done that, known the negative consequences, perhaps. The pitfalls, the triggers. Pitfalls, and how they've maybe become a survivor and an overcomer, and to the, God be the glory, uh, but some of that does happen here too so we're encouraged we choose to take that high road because going down is not a good thing so here's something uh, we're going to give you actually a, a recipe here but before i do that there's a very curious story in luke chapter 11 it's around verse 25 and it talks about cleaning up a house sweeping it clean and the 
get there's a so there's like a, an evil spirit and so they clean it out. Clean it out. You clean it out. And then it says that spirit goes and then it comes back and finds the place clean and then there's seven that join it and it becomes even worse than it was before it got cleaned out. There's a precept here that I'd like to just talk about and I think this is because I see this as like you need to fill up your house and replace it with good stuff. I have found this to be true um, growing up. There's some there's some memories that weren't that great for me. I was really troubled with them and you know you can camp on those. We talked about that in earlier two podcasts. You can camp on them and it can bring you down. And, and so we so we encourage people set your mind on things above. I Lord, I remember praying to him. I'm like, How do I get rid of these awful memories? I mean, not that we aren't going to have scars and to totally forgive and forget. I'm not going in that direction. But what I'm saying is that sometimes there's memories that have a stronghold on us. And so I want to replace them. So God impressed upon me to say, look, remember my word. And I started on an endeavor to remember some of God's word. And I felt like it. I was replacing. I said, Lord, take some of those memories and I'd like to replace them with your word. So I memorized Psalm 23, for example, to start. And I memorized some other scriptures. I still remember Psalm 23 and it's in the, uh, the old King James Version. But that being said, I can't remember what I forgot because it took its place. And so there's a principle there, a precept where, like, if you're going to clean your house out, go before the Lord, I think you need to fill it up with some of his stuff. Well, we're going to talk about something, because this recipe for a well-done brain, I like very much, Al, but I want to say this. It begins in your home very subtly. The devil finds his way in your home very subtly, whether it's through music, movies, television, books, what you look at on the internet. He will begin to creep into your home. It can be a challenge sometimes to keep him out. And like you just said, when we're able to replace these things with godly things, then we begin to fill up that empty space that the devil wants to move into with things of God. And so we're able to resist temptation better. We're able to identify temptation better and know that, you know what, this thing, like we said earlier, the meditation of my heart, I know is not pleasing before God's sight right now. And that sometimes scares me into it. You need to, you need to cut out what you're doing right here, right now. It's an ongoing thing. It's not something that we, I don't think, will ever fully conquer. Um, it's something we need to constantly We get better at it. We get better at it. We do. I think so. As you were saying that, yes, it can subtly creep in and we can begin to just accept some things. And uh, for example, I'm around where I live. It's an apartment complex. Anyway, the language that I hear outside the door, their language has just deteriorated so that it's just, I find myself, I have to be careful because, you know, they're just inappropriate language that they use just in the course of how they talk. Golly, when I'm around them, I have to be careful because I can become, I don't want to be like them. I want to be separate from them. I want to still have some fun. And that's possible, but again, you got to stay close to God. You know, there's a story in the Old Testament where God, number of times, he delivered his people from evil. One time in particular in 1 Samuel chapter 7, you're going to read this curious story where Samuel declares to put up a rock. He called it an Ebenezer. When people go by that, he called it an Ebenezer, like, I will remember. People will say, what does that rock mean? And it says, and then we'll be reminded that God delivered us from this terrible time. 
and so we can have our own Ebenezer's too in our life. And I remember hearing a preacher, one of my pastors that I had years ago, preached on this. And the next day, someone brought a giant rock and put it in this yard overnight. And so to make the point, you know, that it really hit home. And so we have our Ebenezer's too, where we can be reminded that, you know, God brought us through some difficult times. You just recounted one, and it was being very vulnerable. And I applaud you for having that courage to share the, that very personal moment, you know, but that's an Ebenezer, too, for you and your life, Seth, that you remember when God came through and delivered you. I, too, have one. I'll share that my wife and I, we went through difficult personal times, and we weren't sure if we could come back to church. And I remember we lived in another town, but we were coming over Bigelow Hill. I was absolutely terrified. I don't know that I can go back into the church where we were here that we love, and we're going, and we're at top of the hill, and my wife sensed my being cautious and apprehensive, and so she said, we don't have to do this. I remember those words were just so strong, and then I I felt like I had to do it, because otherwise I was going to live the rest of my life maybe regretting that, so we went over the hill, we came through, I said, I know, we'll just come in and we'll sit in the back, and no one will see us, and we'll just kind of hang out and be fed God's word, which is a guarantee if you come here, Um, but we didn't get through the door, pastor's office used to be over here, it's been since made into a room for homeless, but we went by pastor's office, and there was a number of people that had gathered for prayer before service, and they all just grabbed us and started hugging on us. Couldn't believe we were here, but we're glad. We started crying. We went into service, and Pastor just said, like, we love you. Can we pray for you? And I was like, okay, I could hardly speak. And, you know, that has become an Ebenezer for me, Seth. I'll never, ever forget that deliverance that God made. I just want to share a quick story before we get into it. I want to make sure we have plenty of time for the recipe for a well-done brain. But, you know, there was a time when uh, I was at uh, North Monmouth Community Church under Pastor Spencer, and we had just left the church that had basically turned its back on God, turned its back on Scripture. And, and, uh, you know, I took my family and said, I'm going to go where I know God's Word is preached, and it's at North Monmouth Community Church among many churches. But that was the one that was closest, and I was familiar with the pastor. And so I went there, and I'm literally, Al, I'm not joking when I say I was the dark cloud in the room in that church, and I stayed a dark cloud for about a year and a half. When they had their time to shake hands, say, how you doing? I turn away from people because I just had seen everything fall apart. And I'm like, well, Christian love is fake. Everything is fake. I don't care. I don't want to get to know people anymore. I just want the word of God. And I'm just take my family home. And for a year and a half, those people would not stop loving me and would not stop praying for me and would not give up on Seth. And then one day it just broke through and I can't describe it. And this one stubborn man named Vern would always shake my hand and smile at me. Even if I tried to turn away, he'd grab my shoulder, shake my hand, say, I love you, and just walk away. And then all of a sudden, this tough exterior I tried to put out, it was it made no sense anymore. I started to see myself as the problem. Because of that, Al, within another year and a half afterwards, I'm here at Shelters by Jesus directing the shelter and preaching the Word of God because these folks did not give up on me. God did not not let that happen. And so I'm a different different man because I was at a church church where the genuine love of Jesus Christ healed my mind, 
took away these things I was dealing with in my mind and replaced it with God's love. So on to this recipe for well done brains. Well, you know, I, I see, you see at the bottom, it was, I think I delivered this in 2009. So that was more than a few years ago. And uh, I, I was thinking the other day and the Lord was just showing me this and that and this and that. And then we have to kind of boil it down and, and try to be concise. Anyway, he reminded me, I'd done a, a message on that in a small group, actually, with Jake Newbauer. Uh, one of the patriarchs here is going to be with the Lord. We had gone over this. I remember Jake actually looking at this. He goes, this is really good. And so it's got the Jake approval. If it has Jake's uh, approval, you know it's Which is pretty cool. But anyway, it starts, and I'm going to just introduce it by saying it's a recipe for a well-done brain. We're going to share some scripture that you can put to writing and, and just Hide it in your heart, if you would. So the first one with the subtitle I said is, It is given. So your brain and your mind and a well-done brain, it is given to you. God gives us that. And so he reminds us in Second Timothy 1.7 is where this particular verse is. Second Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And I think it's important to make this, this distinction here, that God does not give us the spirit of fear, yes, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. How do we receive that? Well, we have to first accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, receive the Holy Spirit, and then live our lives according to God's plan. Then we start to receive this amazing power of love and of a sound mind because we know that he's protecting us, he's watching over us, he's guiding us, and there, there's a great deal of a sound mind there. Absolutely. Uh, this is this particular version is the New King James version, or King James will also say sound mind. Uh, in some other translations, I notice in the NIV, as a preacher, I just or teacher, I like to you know cross reference to them. But it will say uh, a different, a little bit different. It says self control. God does, gives us self control. So I think they're closely related. I think we talked about that. Well, absolutely. I'll think about this. Right. If if you have self control to resist temptation, so that you don't get into trouble with the Lord or invite trouble into your life, then there is self-control. There is a sound mind. So I think self-discipline, self-discipline, definitely. It goes well. So he's reminding Timothy because Timothy, it, I keep mentioning, but Pastor Chuck Swindoll has said like, look, if you can be anything but a pastor, if you can do anything else, do it because it, it, it's a tough life. Now here's young Timothy uh, and he's got older people in his church too and he's embarked on this journey. It's a gift. It's from God. He's reminding in the context here that, look, Timothy, you're anointed by God. This is a gift that we recognize by laying on hands with you. Don't dismiss that gift. Be lifted up. Uh, and he's not giving you a spirit of fear. Fear is a liar. And I love that song. But of power and of love and of a sound mind. So there's that mind part. He He's given it. Now let's access it. Now, I like how it leads into the next portion. When you're given something, you're expected to protect it. Protect it. Right? So God gave us things, and he calls us to be good stewards. Well, that includes our minds. We need to be good stewards of our minds. And so he gave it to us, so now we need to protect it. How do we do that, Al? Well, it says here, and from Ephesians, here's your next verse to jot down, under the subtitle of protecting it, or protect it, Ephesians 6, 17. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Here's the helmet of salvation, 
dear listeners, dear I'd, listeners like you I'd like you to just about think about that time. Think about, think about that time, time when you gave your burdens to the Lord. To the Lord. Jesus, said, Jesus said, come to me, come to me all you who are burdened and heavy laden, I will give you rest. And so many of our listeners did that. And so remember that time. Think about that time. Meditate on that time when your burdens were lifted and he gave you a free gift of salvation. Now, that's planted. His Spirit then is in us, takes up dwelling. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. But then that helmet, applied properly, I believe, will protect our mind and not allow us. He won't lead us into temptation, but he'll lead us in passive righteousness for his namesake. So there's a lot that goes with that. So we put on that helmet of salvation and all that that means. And again, it's worthy to think about that and contemplate and meditate on that. But it, I believe it'll protect your mind. Now, your next topic is guarded. And, and folks, I want to say this. I've always told the guys here, you know, when you're suffering, when you need counseling, many times we run to the world for comfort. And I always tell the guys this, guys, the only thing the world can offer you is death. It's best effort to heal you is death. The only way we find life, restoration, and healing for our soul is Jesus Christ in truth and in light. And life. And the world wants to come to you, Al. And even though you're doing your best to protect your brain, it wants to take your brain from you. Well, you cut right at the chase there, didn't you? Yes, it is. I believe the Bible is very clear about, you know, once you're saved, you're saved. And you're sealed in the Holy Spirit. And I, there's a number of scriptures that support that. Uh, most notably, I think of Romans 8, where you are sealed in his Holy Spirit. That being said, Satan's only recourse is to try to wreck your testimony. He can't take your salvation, but he can wreck your testimony, and he can try to goof up your life and steal your joy. And I mean, as part of it, I mean, we have the flesh and the world that tie into that too. But guarding your brain, uh, we're going to read in Philippians chapter four, verses six, seven, and eight. You want to read it? Or do you oh, do you mind? Oh, go ahead. Okay. It says, "Be anxious for nothing." Boy, that's tough. Boy, that's tough. Mm. But, in but in everything by prayer and supplication. And I think this also has to do with resisting temptation mm-hmm. and living a holy yep. life. Yep. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Here's the and, promise. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. Why are you peaceful? You have all this calamity in your life. Well, I'm peaceful because I know who's in control. And will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Uh, I think that's the key, Al. In Christ Jesus, right? And in verse 8, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right. And I'll say this according to God's word, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. Not what the world would distract you with. One of the devil's greatest tools, Al's, is entertainment. I'm going to entertain you. I'm going to keep you from the Word of God. I'm going to keep you from study time. I'm going to make you tired. So you're going to look at your Bible and go, oh, I'm just too tired. I watched three episodes of my favorite TV show, though. And now I'm just tired. I want to go to bed. You know what I mean? I mean, he can give you all kinds of well-prepared excuses. Yes. You know, but here we find the guarding part, Al, is is giving room to the Lord and not giving closet space to the devil. 
think of some I can think of some beautiful things. things. I can think of the, I can think the, of the, the fabulous work, work that the Lord has done here in the shelter. And You've the, seen some of the uh, pictures and, and know the stories, but you know, the four stakes that were here. If you look around, there is physical beauty that God has created. Yes, yes. The leaves are turning right now. I know. The hummingbirds just left. I'm a little bit, uh, you know, they come on Mother's Day and they leave on Labor Day. It's, you can almost set your clock by it. Amazing. Right. And then there's the beauty of what God is doing in your life. So there are many things we can focus on. Yes. Well, and so there's your third verse. We have a fourth one here we're going to go ahead and springboard to. Uh, renewing. Renewing. You know, I, when I heard this, this was a, a early verse I heard when I gave my life to the Lord, and I loved it. I've never forgotten it. And it has taken on an additional layers of meaning, too. But here it is. Romans 12, 2. It says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So this is part of that sanctification process that lasts your entire life. It is. I don't think when I first read it, I was just like, "Oh, my mind got renewed." Indeed, it did. But then later, that extra layer, God showed me that it's an ongoing process. That you don't want to fall into those traps that we've alluded to of discouragement of not having worth or value because the opposite in God's economy is there. So you renew your mind. Sometimes it's just forcing yourself to say, no, I am loved. If, there's, if I don't feel like it, I am loved. That's what God's Word says, and He's proven it again and again. And so you renew your mind. Or another way of saying it is remind yourself of who He is and who you are every day. He is worthy. And so is He worthy, that song, or there's one line that says, is it good that we remind ourselves of this? And the response is, it is. Yes. Oh, I love, thank you for sharing it that way and framing it that way. I really like that. It's good that we remind ourselves of this, dear listeners. It really is. Mm. So that's part of the mind protection, a recipe for mind protection. So we've got this last one. I love it. I love it. It's called Use It. Use it. Now, I'm teaching teaching through Proverbs on Thursdays. It's been a process. I think I've been doing it since the COVID hit, believe it or not. And so, you know, there's 31 Proverbs, and I initially thought, like, oh, gosh, you know, we can do one. We can do one a day, really. And and so in Proverbs, there's 16.3 is one of them. Now, Proverbs, you're not necessarily going to build a whole doctrine out of just one proverb. But, boy, it's from God, and it's wisdom. And so James says, if you don't have wisdom, ask for it. It. Don't be afraid to do so. And so here we go. Proverbs 16.3. You want to read it, Seth? Oh, that'd be great. Thank you, Al. Okay. It says, to commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts will be established. Amen. I'm sitting on my in my house waiting for God to deliver my ministry. And I'm like, all right, uh, waiting any day now, God. You know, and then Pastor Barry says, Seth, it's easier to steer a car in motion than it is a parked car. Mm. So get off your button. So get off your button. I, I found out that Pastor said it. He did that way too. He did. He did. And I'll tell you, you know, when I sat there and I waited on God and did nothing, I had that idle time to get into trouble. And so here we have Proverbs telling us, "Commit your works to the Lord, and your thoughts will be established." And I think a part of that is as we are committed to the Lord, and we work through those hard times, and we trust in Him. We pray him and we see the blessings and miracles begin to happen. How can you not put your thoughts on God? You know, you see the power of God at work. 
it is amazing. amazing. It, it leaves you just humble before God, like in the Psalm too, like the Psalmist said, David. But what is man that you're mindful of him? You know, it just yes, we have good times. We have some times that aren't so good, and they're challenging, as you alluded to. But if you commit what you're going to do to the Lord, there's your starting point. There's the place in your mind where you resolve to say, "I'm going to commit this to you, Lord." I also confess my inability to do this on my own. Word says that. When we are weak, we're humbled, then he can be made strong and show himself strong through us. So his eyes run to and fro across the whole earth to show himself strong to those who are sold out for him. And so here, then your thoughts will be established. And so he's going to make a way. I really do. I believe that. He will always make a way. We just have to be willing to go there. I think we all reach a point, Al, where we know what we're doing is wrong. And I think it's at that moment we have to make that decision. Am I going to sin or am I going to find that way of escape. He makes us more than conquerors, doesn't he? He does. Boy, just as you as you walk closer with him and over a period of time, then you begin to say, you know, like, you know what? There's more victories here. There's more victory in Lord's using me. And that's real purpose. That's joy. That's meaningfulness in a person's life. It starts with that attitude, too. Put that car in motion. Put that car in motion. I love that. I love that. So here it is, your brain. I hope the listeners got some good verses here. Put them to motion. Uh, it's given. Protect it, guard it, renew it, and use it. Amen. Amen. Well, Al, thank, well, Al, thank you for this three-part study. I'm so glad you came up with this, and uh, we had plenty of time to read about it. I think we gave people a lot to really consider. You know, you can join us, too, not just on the radio, but you can join us in participating in this ministry. You can support this ministry by your prayer. We certainly covet those, uh, but also by your uh, goods and services, too. Uh, we, anything, we'll take it. We need a new roof here, by the way. Help! <laughs> Uh, we actually, did you hear we got that really good quote on the roof? Oh, the yes, Amish are going to yes, get involved right now. Yes. And amazing. And that is a complete God thing. Oh, so, so true. So we're hoping, you know, as the fall proceeds that we'll be able to uh, get the funding for that. But anyway, uh, thank you, listeners. And so you can support us by clicking a button, following the link on our website, Shelters by Jesus. Give us a call here if you're not sure what you can do or how you can help. Area code 207-474-8833. Write us at 12 McClellan Street, Scowhegan, Maine, 04976. Our new website. A new, a newbie. Our new website, sbjradio.com. Al, a uh, pleasure, my friend, as always. Look forward to the next one.